Hello everyone, welcome to Just Know Though, Manifesting Motherhood series. You may not recognize my voice, or you may, it's Cheyenne, and I'm here with Jin. Yeah, I was co-host with Jin a while ago, and I'm back again, and me and Jin are super excited to start the Manifesting Motherhood series. You know, I believe nothing is random, so by no coincidence at all, we both found ourselves ready to embark on motherhood at the same time. And we thought, what better way to begin our motherhood journey by learning from other mothers. It takes a village, as they say. And with that is what I like to call like a tunnel or a download for just sharing and learning and spreading knowledge and wisdom. So yeah, that's what it's going to be about. Jen, what do you want to add to that? I'm thinking about, it might have been, I don't know when this was, I don't know if it was in the car, I don't know if it was at the lake, but I remember you asking me, do you want to have children? Do you remember that? I don't. Okay, I remember you asking that, you know, it takes me back to like how, it's a big question, but I love that me and you can talk about it. I don't feel weird talking about it, I don't feel like I'm oversharing or insecure or judged, you know what I mean? Um, it's a very open conversation. So really doing manifesting motherhood with you is perfect. Like, I don't think anyone will understand how perfect it is, but you and me and God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really excited for, for this series in particular. And like you said, we are on that stage of our lives. Like having these decision making thoughts and going through the motions of, Mm-hmm. <sighs> like making it real and then it kind of opens my mind to how there's so many different stages of mother mm-hmm. you manifest it then it's real right even right? pre-motherhood pre <laughs> yeah like, hey, let's, let's talk about it totally motherhood then you're pregnant mm -hmm. and then postpartum postpartum yeah right? mm -hmm. infancy toddler stage yeah school age pre-puberty then adolescence yeah. then like adulthood and then you're a parent mm -hmm. to an adult and if you have multiple you experience it at like different right well i was just gonna say i think also a part of being a parent is being ready for your children to parent you mm -hmm. Or like learn from them in a lot of ways. Like it's not just a one-way street, yeah. you know? I like that. Like you're growing up too still mm -hmm. in the process. Yeah. One of the girls who's going to come on when I was talking to her, she was like, she has four kids. And she was like, each one teaches me something. Mm. She was like, this one teaches me patience. She likes, she's learning to talk back. That's a good point where you do have to open up your mind where your child is going to teach you a lot. Being a mother is going to teach you a lot. I think that was kind of like the fault of our parents generation is they were coming off of that idea of like children are meant to be seen and not heard like I was told that as a kid mm. I just think it's so ridiculous like the younger generations Same. are meant to teach us things are meant to bring light to things and awareness that we like we're blind on those things so if we're going to completely shut out their voice then we're only like putting ourselves at a deficit yeah, it goes back to, like, breaking those generational patterns. Mm-hmm. Definitely excited to talk about that. <laughs> Just know, though.
generational patterns when it comes to parenting? What are your thoughts? That was my only question. A life has taught me many of lessons, and one of them is to like not be judgmental and just how harmful it is to be judgmental. So I want to preface this by saying this is not to judge anyone, but for me myself, when I'm thinking about going into motherhood, it's very intentional. Mm. I'm embarking on 30. There's a reason I don't have kids yet. Mm-hmm. And that's because, you know, when it happened in the past, I wasn't ready. And I knew I wasn't ready and I haven't been ready. But now I really am because mm-hmm. I'm at the point where I've done a lot of healing and I've overcome a lot of things so that I know when I do bring my children to the world, I won't pass on to them things that my parents did. Gosh, have you ever thought about why we want children? Yes, I have. Okay. Have you? <laughs> I mean, yeah, and I feel like I could never get like a a real tangible answer okay well there was a period of time where I didn't want children okay and it was because I was like it's so egotistical to like just want kids especially with like the state of our world Mm. you know I'm just like oh it's it's just such an ego thing right like oh I want a mini me and I want like to control this person's life and like you know mold them into this or that or like maybe I'm gonna have a kid who's an athlete or a famous person I could see how some people kind of have those intentions behind mm-hmm. they think of it as like breeding versus of <laughs> right children I guess I could see that yeah but now I see it as like almost like my duty because mm. one it's like the will to survive right and wanting to survive and move forward but also thinking about how kind of what I was saying earlier about how like younger generations teach us things like I think we we have to be responsible in a way to raising mm-hmm. children so that they can be change makers yeah keep our world like moving in a good way I don't think I could ever explain why what inside of me wanted a family I mean it's it's really like innate within us and natural as well so I don't right? really think we need any explanation <laughs> yeah You know, like, we literally have human eggs inside of us. So it makes sense that we're, like, called to do this work. And at the end of the day... ingrained. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, we're in a physical experience with this physical body for a reason. And we were made women for a reason. And then I think about, like, for people who don't want kids. They've obviously put time and energy into, like, why don't I want kids? And making that conscientious decision. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, and that's respectable too. Totally. I think this also goes down to, we might talk about it later, like partners and relationships. Some people are fine for raising kids on their own. Some people are like, no, like I don't want to have kids because I don't have a partner mm-hmm. yet. I think I, I was in, I was obviously in that boat for a long time. Like, no, like I want to have kids, but like I don't feel like I'm there yet mm-hmm. with my partner. I mean, I remember being like, if the partner doesn't come, like, I'm still going to have the kids. (laughs) (laughs) Ideally, I definitely want the partner, especially the partner I have now. I'm like, you are going to teach my kids so many things that I can't. You know, I really do think that it's super beneficial Mm -hmm. to have a two-parent household, you know, even outside of the fact that, like, you're more likely to live in poverty if you have a one-parent household. But so many other things. And I think it's just so special to share that connection with someone, to co-parent with someone. Yeah, where we are in this journey, why we wanted to start this series. How do you define motherhood? Or manifesting motherhood? How would you define... I just sprang that on you, girl. 
I know you did. And I, and I think, like, manifesting motherhood is different than motherhood. Yeah, Because yeah. one of them is, like, an idea, mm-hmm. right? It's, like, mm-hmm. a theory, and theoretically I could say and feel and think this, but mm-hmm. the other is, like, the actuality. I honestly, when I think of motherhood, I think, like, it's such a big sacrifice. You're, like, choosing to dedicate mm. your body, your heart, your mind, your soul to, to procreating and reproducing. Yeah, I think it's yeah. literally giving, I don't know, I don't want to say all of yourself because I think it's so important to remain, like, independent and your own person, but you're giving all of yourself to young life. What about no, you? I completely, I completely agree. I think the women sacrifice a lot. Um, their body, um, the whole birthing experience, the whole postpartum and hormones, mm. and then so on and so forth. It never stops. If you think about it, it never stops. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to copy actually kind of what someone from Love and Sacrifices series said. They said that giving birth and being a mom, so you can be a mom if you don't give birth, but the whole motherhood mm-hmm. definition to me is kind of like a divine experience. Mm. You are entrusted with being that family foundation and that like giver of life. You're literally creating life in your stomach. You know what I mean? Like, that's wild to me. So it Mm -hmm. is like a divine experience being able to be pregnant. Right. But also even just, even if you don't have, even if you don't carry your own children or you're a bonus mom, you are still being entrusted with like raising children, teaching them good values because they're going to be out in the world, right? Contributing to society having an impact on other people whether it's friends whether it's strangers i think also the whole divine experience thing also is a mothers teach their children purpose so it's like their purpose is their kids but also to teach their kids that they also have their own purpose i think that's something that like maybe isn't maybe that was kind of missed in our generation where it was like maybe kids weren't told how special and valuable they are but or it could be like oh you have to kind of play your part you know this is what like these boxes and things like that I don't know what I'm getting at but do you get what I'm saying yeah no I definitely do yeah and that's why I think like even if you didn't birth children you know are responsible for children I feel like we're all mothers and fathers in a way Mm, yeah there is always someone who's looking up to you some way, somehow, like yeah. a niece, a nephew, or if you work with kids. And that's the thing about kids is they're observers and they're sponges. So even if you're in the grocery mm-hmm. store, like we're all models or even, you know, just taking care of the planet and plants, <laughs> you know, like we're mothers to, to life in so many ways. And I think to explore this idea of how like, we're not alone. Like, we're in relation to ourselves, And so we also have to mother ourselves or father ourselves. Wait, can you expand on that? So thinking about how, like, you know, say you had a traumatic childhood and then you have to heal your inner child. You have to become your own mother, your own parent. And I think all of us have to do that, even if we did come from a really, like, healthy place. Like, you have to learn to self-soothe. You have to learn to pat yourself on the back sometimes. Tell yourself that you love yourself. Boost yourself up, you know? If you're at work and some shit happens, Mm -hmm. you gotta go into the bathroom and look at yourself in the mirror and be like, you got this, bitch. Like... (laughs) 
That's when you go to the bathroom and you're like wiping your tears and you look in the mirror and you're like, it's going to be okay. We're going to go back in here. We're going to figure it out. I've had those moments. Yeah. I remember one of my aunts, she has like a story where she cried at work and her mascara just like went all over her face. And then she's like, and since that day, I only wear waterproof mascara. I'm like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you know, even if we're not a mother to like a, a child... We are all mothers and fathers in some way. I like how you brought that up because there are definitely people who play moms to other children. People that don't aren't raised with their own moms, right? They go to their friend's mom mm-hmm. or they go to, you know, their aunt and things like that. So I like how you brought that up because there are a lot of people out there that, you know, do look to mm-hmm. other people for motherly advice or that motherly comfort. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely one of those people. Like, my partner's mom right now, I talk to her more than I talk to my own mom. Yeah, I'm, I'm de- I call her mom. Like, I, that's me. <laughs> and I've had multiple, like, moms in oh, my life, okay. for sure. I also spent a portion of my life being raised by my mm-hmm. nana, which is my mom's mom. So, or like work moms. Have you ever had a work mom? Yes. When they feed you, they feed you. Those are the best. (laughs) (laughs) Or give you medicine. Mm -hmm. Those are the best co-workers, to be honest. You're like, Mm -hmm. I love that you have children and you also take care of me. It's it's great. Like, yeah, they're they're actually all around you in different environments in your whole life, which is actually amazing. Agreed. Like, we all need people looking out for us and people, you know, dropping game on us and putting us in check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I feel like some people just, like, they carry that energy. Uh-huh. Um, I'm thinking of one of my friends in particular, and she's just, like, very motherly by nature, has no kids. Yeah, and then also, like, I don't know, now my brain is just ticking. I'm thinking about, like, birth order. Same. I'm like, no, nah, I feel like I got to give a moment to everybody in my life, right? Like, yeah, I've literally, like, I'm thinking about the people who would open up their homes. Yep. Yeah, shout out to Bertha. Oh, yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Totally like, yep. <laughs> oh, we should have Bertha on here. <laughs> so Bertha is our friend's mom and she's like the mom. Like, yeah, she's taking us all under her wing. <laughs> Um, she follows us all on Instagram, likes all of our posts, Uh (laughs) always gassing us up, telling us we're beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We need to get her a Mother's Day gift now that I think about it. (laughs) What else comes to mind with this motherhood series or motherhood in general? What's coming up for me is like just my own personal experience with like the back and forth. I'm like, am I going to be a mom? Am I not going to be a mom? Mm, the decision making the decision making part Mm -hmm. yeah and then also for me something that was like kind of a big wake-up call i think because all the women in my family besides me had had children really young and so like seeing that as a child and being around that Mm -hmm. i always just thought like when you want to get pregnant you just get pregnant like it would just it it really simplified what the process Mm -hmm. actually is in my eyes and you know to be very vulnerable about my own experience I have been pregnant and I I got an abortion actually and when I you know was going through that process I was really not like ready to be a mom and just the way that it happened was really not okay it wasn't consensual and things like that Um, I didn't even have a job at the time like just a lot of things so it made the most sense for me to do that 
Um, and I remember like to help myself cope with it. I'm like, well, you know, when the time is right, like I'm gonna do this the right way, you know? And then years after that, when I was like, okay, I'm ready and this is what I want and preparing myself for that, then I was like, oh, it doesn't just happen like that. You don't just like say like, okay, I'm ready. I want to do it. And you just get pregnant. Like it's a whole ass process. But from seeing the women in my life who like, you know, from my point of view, got pregnant really easily and me having the experience where I got pregnant by accident and like very easily I just thought it was so easy and now I'm like realizing how intricate fertility is you know how layered it is and complex it is and emotional it is and yeah it, you know it, it hasn't happened for me and my partner like that so it's just been very eye-opening uh, I don't think I even knew that Cheyenne crazy see the more and more i learn about you i'm like what how is cheyenne still standing seriously <laughs> but for real <laughs> yeah so i'm so happy to even be doing this with you Th those moments are important when you are like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna start a family when i feel ready because at the end of the day it's your family you know i think that's an you should have a say if you want to do that, you know? <laughs> I, I remember having this conversation. So I'm Filipino, Asian households are wild. Parents are great, my parents are great, right? Um, but it was like, they would disown you. You know what I mean? It would be like, you'd, you'd bring shame to the family if you got pregnant, right? Like, I didn't mm. come to America mm. for you to get pregnant. You know what I mean? Like, that's basically, what was drilled into my brain and so I always knew the time would come where I wanted to have a family but my biggest fear is not being able to get pregnant yeah my biggest fear is not being able to get pregnant I've seen so many people have fertility issues and so it goes back to what you're saying right it's like yeah like when you're ready but then when you're finally ready it's like how many tries is it gonna take how, how many times am I going to put my body through that, my mind through that, my, my spirit through all of that, right? I know this girl where she was trying for years and then she tried to do a treatment. I think it was maybe in vitro mm -hmm. and it didn't work. And then she won't try it again. Yeah. And I don't blame mm -hmm. her. The hope, the hope and the buildup and then the letdown, like how do you, I, 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 it's so hard. And for anyone listening, like I, yeah. Um, yeah, it's heart-wrenching. Mm -hmm. So much doubt, yeah. Yeah, and it just brings, like, a flood of emotions. Like, is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with my partner? Am I not meant to be a mom? Like, It's a roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm using an mm -hmm. app that is, like, a fertility app, I guess you could call it. It's, like, a period tracker. Um, it's called Glow. And a part of that app is that it, it's also almost like a social media in a way where it's a community of women who are all, you know, on the fertility journey and trying to conceive. Mm. It is such an emotion. Yeah, it's a very humbling place. It's a very emotional place. Recently, I saw a story of a woman. She was trying for 20 years and she got pregnant. That's dedication. But 20 years. The dedication to mm -hmm. have a family is insane. Yeah. So, I mean, literally nothing is impossible, yeah. but the amount of like, tenacity that it takes to not give up for 20 years like wow it really is it's a huge commitment 
What what does your like manifesting process look like? A lot of prayer. Mm-hmm. I really had to pray for God to help me to release that fear of not getting pregnant, to believe in his promises that I can, you know, bear children, mm-hmm. to trust the process. Um, that has been the hardest part, but that's definitely what Manifesting Motherhood has been. A lot of prayer, a lot of, and like you said, being intentional about having a family, what kind of family I want to have, and also being mentally prepared for all the ups and downs. Mm, yeah, relinquishing control. Yeah. I think that's the hardest part. Mm-hmm. The ups and downs and all of like how things are never really going to go your way. I like that. Yeah, mine's, my experience has been really similar to like, you know, praying for the right partner. That was the, the big first thing. Mm, yep, yep. And then, yeah, now it's like, you know, just praying for it to happen, praying for it to be healthy. Yeah, yeah and, and like for my wellness as been. well around all of it. Because it really like trying to conceive can take a big toll on you. And you could definitely take the fun out of it. Mm, yeah. Um, patience. Looks like a lot of patience. <laughs> oh, yeah, a lot of patience. I think also like the confidence of it, right? Because I do think women tend to think that something's wrong with them. If they can't have children or if they can't, I don't know if you've had this, but it's like also if you can't have a boy or the gender doesn't fall on the woman, fall on the male. But I think that also historically has always fallen on women. We get blamed for so much. (laughs) (laughs) We do. Um, Have you watched Bridgerton? We're getting off topic. Have you watched Bridgerton? I did. I did watch it. Okay. Do you remember the the Duke? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. mom. He, he apparently couldn't conceive okay. children. But didn't she end up getting pregnant? She had a hard time getting pregnant or, like, they kept trying to have babies but because you really want a boy. And then they kept trying it or, you know, a lot of miscarriages. She didn't go full term. And then they didn't heal. Kept trying again so her womb never, like, mm-hmm. fully healed. And so her pregnancies got harder and harder throughout the years. Or throughout the time they were trying to have babies mm. because he wanted a boy so bad. And then she died in childbirth. Yeah, you, you're you not supposed to try right after when you have a miscarriage. You're supposed to allow yourself some time. Yeah, so that's just wild. Like the amount of pressure on women to have kids. That's what I was going to say. The mm-hmm, And the pressure to like conceive a boy or a girl is yeah ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you get what you get, you know, like... You definitely get what you get. I mean, we live in a patriarchal society, so I'm not surprised that it's like, oh, we need boys, you know, but... No, that's big, especially in, like, Chinese culture. And I say that because my my brother-in-law is Chinese, and he didn't put pressure on my sister to have a boy, but I think that she was experiencing a lot of pressure from her his family to have a boy. On Bling Empire, they talk about that. <laughs> That's right, Bling Empire. You can learn a lot from watching reality TV shows and pregnancies. She went through a lot. Yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. What did she... How long were they trying for? 10 years? I think like 10 years, yeah. And it was crazy because it was actually her husband who had the infertility issues. Yeah. But he told his family that it was her. 
he didn't want to like take the heat and so now his family like hates her bad family dynamics yeah and like treats her like she's not worthy like all this really toxic those also put like strain on relationships oh totally so i like how you said like it's true praying for a partner you know what i also now you said that i remember praying for confirmation (laughs) that i was supposed to have children with my partner now Mm mm-hmm i did that with my past partner and the very next day he literally told me I don't want to have kids with you. (laughs) But my bad, go ahead. No, no, that was so real. That was, it's crazy. Like, that's also like a big part of it, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you'll have kids who you're supposed to have kids with. But it's also, might take a while to get to the right partner. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Dang, what other shows are there talking about pregnancy? Teen Mom. <laughs> kidding. Teen Mom is wild. I'm going to start watching it again. I know. I want to watch it too, but I don't have that television, so. But that also taught a lot. Teen Moms are going through so much. Their parents, their parents are telling them how to parent. They're going through relationship issues. They're trying to raise their own kid, and it's so layered. Yeah, I really do like dislike how there's such a negative narrative, though, around being a teen mom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, when you look at like our anatomy and our biology, we're after you have puberty, you can have kids. For most women, that's around 12, 13, 14. So it's completely natural, <laughs> you know, and it's just the mm-hmm. fact that our society is the way that it is, that it's looked down upon. And so I just have a hard time with that. And I like personally used to hold that bias like, oh, you shouldn't have kids young. You know, you have to go to school mm-hmm. and have a career and do this and yep. do that. And yep. now I'm like, that's it. Like, it's literally natural. It's innate within us. That's our body's prime, like. Yeah, a learned belief that it's an, a bad thing. And so it makes me think about um, how civilization has really changed when it's like back then the life expectancy was like what? I don't know, let's say 40, 50, right? So yeah, you would have kids early. And then now the life expectancy is like 70, right? Like the presidents back in the day were like young white men in like their 20s, 30s. Mm-hmm. And then now presidents are like 70, 75. And it's like people are in this window, pushing the window back to having children mm-hmm. to later and later in life because they're trying to accomplish, yeah, going to school, doing this, doing this. When you can, you can do it all, but maybe not at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, now egg freezing is like super popular. That's, in, yeah, that's insane to me. The, it is to me too, to be honest. I'm like science is crazy i don't know if you saw that that news story but recently there was a nurse and on her deathbed she admitted to switching over six thousand newborns what? and yeah i know i was talking about with my friend and i'm like what if i was given to the wrong family you know like it's yeah it's crazy but to translate that to egg freezing i'm like they could give you the wrong eggs <laughs> Yeah, there could be an, a human error mm-hmm. of a mix filing up. your eggs mm-hmm. wrong. Wait, she she did they ever figure out 
what happened? I don't know. She just admitted it on her deathbed. Yeah, she just, like, admitted it on her deathbed. I didn't really dive deep into it. I just read, like, a bit of it, and I was like, oh, hell no. Like, this is why I'm not having my baby in a hospital, and my baby is never going to leave my sight. Like, (laughs) You don't want to have a baby in a hospital. I don't. Mm -mm. You want to do a home home birth? birth. Mm -hmm. (gasps) Mm-hmm. Girl. Mm -hmm. You're so brave. I don't know about that. I'm just so mistrusting of the government and <laughs> doctors and hospitals. Yep, yep. So I'm, I got to get brave. <laughs> you know what's wild is when you think about, we could go on and on about this because like the history of motherhood mm. and delivering babies is insane. It's been happening since the dawn of time. Yeah. It is not new. And then <laughs> now before, there were nothing like epidurals before and now they Right. I think people need to have more, I'm thinking about this, it's like, gosh, there are way simpler times of like, you could really just push out a baby in your home with a midwife and one of a local doctors. Like, that's how far it goes. Like, you don't, and then now it's like evolved. I mean, I'm not shaming this or, you know, whatever, whatever, where it's like, you have to go to the doctor through all of this. Go to check if your eggs are checked. Yeah, it's a business now. All yeah. Once mm-hmm. you go to the ER, then they'll see you, and then you know you have this whole birthing plan. So yeah, you do put a lot of trust in in the in the hospital with your baby. And they're not doing a good job. They have terrible success rates. <laughs> yeah, and medical malpractice is really? the third killer of humans in the United States. Mm, I could see that. I could see that. And then, like, when you look at pregnancy, it's even worse. The statistics are even worse. And then if you look at, like, women of color, specifically black women, mm-hmm. the death rates, they just do outlandish ass shit. Like, they literally charged my sister for, like, skin-to-skin time. What? Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. She got billed for it. Like, it was on her bill. And then, you know, they, they take your placenta... That is, like, so magical and has so many healing properties. And who knows what the shit they do with that. I heard that they even, like, sell it for, like, 50 grand. So I'm like, they should be paying you for that. (laughs) They take it? You don't... You can't keep it? You can, but a lot of people don't. And so they take Mm -hmm. it and they do whatever they want on it. Oh. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, you got to be careful with the forms you sign. Yep. Yeah, at the hospital. I know this girl, she got her epidural entered incorrectly. Yeah, I've heard of those stories too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're out here getting everybody paranoid. <laughs> no, I mean, there's a lot to think about. Yeah, we, it's good to be well informed, you know, yeah. and to think about these things and not just put all of your trust into these institutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, and this is what motherhood is, right? It's like you have to think about all of these things. Yeah, you have to be the protector. Exactly. Hmm. Do you know who Candace Owens is? I do. Have you seen her stories? I have not. I don't pay her any attention. Okay. I just know well, her she, name. She is, she doesn't believe in vaccinating her children. She doesn't believe mm-hmm. in, she just believes in being really well informed about children, what they eat, what they consume. The information that goes that surrounds children. So schooling also. She's like a bit big advocate 
for just well-informed mothers. It makes me think about how being a mom, you do have to be willing to stand your own ground. Whether it's different from other people, because I know she's not everybody's cup of tea, but you do have to stand your own ground for whatever you believe is right for your kids. Yes. Mm -hmm. Your family. Yeah, I mean, I definitely believe in that. I mean, outside of motherhood, I feel like that's just like, even something that I'm going through currently. Like, what what am I rooted in? What do I stand for? So today at my work, I work with youth. And I'm not a very, like, militant or rigid person at all. Like, I'm so loosey-goosey and, like, flexible. And so, you know, I kind of got, like, some flack for being so loosey-goosey with the youth and not being, like, really, like, rooted in, like, strong, strict boundaries and, like, no, like, we're going to strictly just get down to business. Like, we're not having any fun, you know? And so walking away from that experience, I really had to, like, sit with myself and be like, okay, like, am I going to stand and the fact that like I'm not a militant person and I don't believe in that and I have a completely different approach or am I going to be like oh shit like I need to get my boundaries up and I need to be more like this and that Mm. be more structured or something yeah I can only imagine that it's like that a lot more when you're a mother but then at the same time you also have to take into account that like your children are going to push your boundaries the most yeah bringing it back to how we kind of started this conversation is like being open to what they're gonna teach you and not just like well i'm the mom so this is what goes and because i said so like yeah i guess that's also it kind of goes back to what we were saying how you have different stages of motherhood maybe when you're like in the infancy toddler stage they can get whatever they want they can get away with murder (laughs) and then or breaking something but then as they get older, you might be that more structured, uh, militant mom. I feel like I'm going to be the opposite. <laughs> be like cracking down on them when they're two. And then when they're like 17, I'm be like, you're on your own. <laughs> it might even change daily. Or, you know what I mean? Right. That's true. <laughs> true. Like, you got the nice me yesterday. Mm-hmm. Anything about, we had a whole, what did we touch on? I feel like we just had a whole random conversation. But motherhood is just so big. I I feel like we can't pinpoint. Like, we're going to have really cool guests come on from, like, all different walks of life with their motherhood journey. What are you most excited about or what do you hope the audience takes away from this series? I'm most excited about getting to learn from mothers, hear their stories. Like, I feel like that's going to be such a blessing and an honor and a privilege to have these vulnerable conversations and get like the inside scoop yeah. from mothers i'm gonna soak that up and i'm also just really excited about that there is no right or wrong right and i hope that this speaks to the audience and what we were just talking about is like this is about figuring out what works for you and doing that but with that also being humble enough to accept when you did it wrong <laughs> and when you need to pivot and change and try something different so I'm really just excited to learn, become open-minded, to become curious, Mm, yeah, and to start the journey myself. I mean, I already have, but who knows? Maybe I'll get my big fat positive (laughs) throughout this journey. What about you? I think what's big for me is the mental aspect of the motherhood journey, right? Like how you said, like it's a big sacrifice. It's a big sacrifice. There's a lot of doubt that comes in when you're through all your stages of motherhood. There is 
like you said, like, should I do this more? Should I do that more? Or, you know, there's a lot of thinking, right? That kind of goes on and like intentions about of, around having kids, raising your kids. And that takes a toll, like mentally, but also like emotionally. So I hope that the audience and myself can learn more about like the mental resilience part of it and also the self-care part of it and shed light on how motherhood journeys are all unique and like you said like this whole judgment thing whole like preconception of um, when you should be a mom or you know like I guess there's a lot that goes into it um, so just putting more comfort to anyone with about the big sacrifices that moms have to deal with and um, that they do daily it's one of those things where like postpartum is also so big. Right. Shedding light on a lot of the things that people don't talk about. I hope this kind of gives comfort to others. Those are like the special nuggets of wisdom that I hope is, I hope people take away. I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like pregnancy is so glamorized. Mm, you're right. And like being a mother is so glamorized and we kind of push like the postpartum depression and all those things not glamorous things under the rug yeah Mm -hmm. the relationship problems that come up the financial problems Mm. the sheesh we didn't talk about any of that stuff yeah that's right yeah so we're gonna talk about the glamorous and the not so glamorous and yeah just encourage listeners to root themselves in what is authentic to you and your journey right i don't know if we're gonna have any men listening but if we do what are your thoughts? I have, you know... Men play a big part in being the supportive partner. Totally. Yeah. I always okay. see this meme that's like, a woman never forgets how a man treated her when she was pregnant. Mmm, I love that. And that is so true. I mean, I don't feel like we ever forget how people treat us, but when you're in that time... Yeah. Especially. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that okay. there are male and men identifying listeners um because i don't know me personally i i love listening to like men's talk shows and podcasts like it's just great to learn anyone who is aspiring to be a mom on that journey or already in the the motherhood journey or even those who are being like the moms around for others yeah right the bonus moms and things like that yeah, it'd be interesting if there are any people listening who are, like, on the fence about motherhood, and then this kind of helps them choose one way or another. That would be... Maybe... Shit, maybe I would like, I don't want to be a mom after this. <laughs> don't say that. No, I doubt that will happen, but we never yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, we can't just... We can't cover it all, but, you know, we're going to try. We're going to try our best. And yeah, I like how you said it. motherhood is a massive umbrella. I doubt we'll touch everything and maybe just scratch the surface on some mm-hmm. things, but hopefully really get to dive deep on other things. Um, yeah, and I also love how you pointed out that motherhood is so unique. Even like a mother who has multiple children, each child is unique, each pregnancy, each birth is unique. So to ground us and center us, we are just two women who are approaching our 30s and it's like this is our time and we're trying to wrap our head around it you know and and just spread knowledge and awareness so join us let's learn together
figure out how to be authentic in our motherhood journey. I love that. And with that being said, Cheyenne will be here the whole series. And we're going to have a lot of good guests coming on. So we do hope you join us every Tuesday or every other Tuesday. And with that being said, until next time. Yeah, come check out what kind of mothers we have, what their experiences are, because they're definitely all not going to be the same. See y'all soon. Hear y'all soon.